1: You're listening to the World Soccer Talk Podcast, the only podcast about watching soccer on TV and online. Welcome to episode 163, coming up on this week's show, which soccer networks are showing what, CBS dive in dives into Liga MX, how FIFA 20, Football Manager and Subutio are helping soccer fans cope. Winners and losers of the coronavirus suspending soccer leagues. Plus, we have letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. I'm Christopher Harris, aka the Gaffer, alongside Kartik Krishnare. Kartik, what a week it's been! It's uh, a week ago we we're on this podcast talking about um, the, the the threat of leagues being suspended. We were talking about uh, the possibility of. Uh, the Premier League and Major League Soccer suspending the leagues. Um, little did we know, I mean, looking ahead, was, was that every major soccer league, sports league, practically uh, around the world has been suspended. The only two that I know of that are um, still playing uh, are the Turkish Super League and the Australian A-League, and actually the W-League, the Women's League, has the final this this weekend. And and that's it. Everything everything else has been suspended. Uh, without going into, we're not going to make this a show about coronavirus. Uh, we want to focus it on watching soccer on television, um, and uh, all all the implications and ramifications and changes that have happened in the past week, and, and looking to the future at what what might be happening. But this is crazy. It's just turned the whole world uh, upside down.
2: Yeah, and the succession of, of leagues canceling and and, and making uh, decisions w- w- was rapid, and we couldn't keep our heads around it on uh, on Thursday and Friday after we recorded the show. And, and quite honestly, Chris, I mean, you got off Twitter for a half an hour or an hour, mm-hmm. and you missed something. You missed some leak, making some decision. But what's been interesting this week is that there's still been uh, a lot of content for – Programs like ESPN FC and for programs like Guardian Football Weekly, uh, because there and and uh, BBC Football Daily, because there's so much conversation about uh, where do we go from here and what are the possibilities and what are the scenarios and then UEFA, of course, on Thursday, uh, excuse me, on Tuesday, uh, shelved uh, Euro 2020, and moved it to 2021, uh, but still. Out of that meeting, I think very inconclusive. They did not give us a roadmap for the Champions League and Europa League finishing, and they did not give us uh, any clarity on the on the finishing of the domestic leagues. Besides saying they need, they want them done by June 30th, I know that's because of player contracts. Number of player contracts. Let's just take Chelsea for example. Both Olivier Giroud and Willian uh, can walk on a free technically on June on July 1st. Uh, But who knows if there has to be some sort of revision to player contracts, because I uh, think it's highly unrealistic to think you can finish uh, the domestic club seasons and European club competitions by June 30th. I, I just don't think it's possible.
1: Yeah, and there's been a lot of reports uh, in the media just in the last 24 hours about um, the possibility of playing behind closed doors, uh, the possibility of uh, the Italian uh, FA chief saying that uh, he thinks the season will be finished by the end of May. Uh, lot, lots of things being said, but but we'll get to that in the news and, and uh, TV news and streaming section because there is a lot of uh, developments in that area. But before we go to that, Kartik, um not a lot of soccer to watch from this past week, but there have been games. I mean, there's been... Um, I mean, so for for me personally, I've watched more soccer this week from outside Europe and the United States than probably what I've ever done before. Uh, A healthy dose of um, soccer from, I watched the Liga Max, uh, soccer from Argentina in the uh, Copa de la Superliga and the Turkish Super League. And uh, just some general observations watching these matches, Uh, all of the ones I watched were played behind closed doors, is number one is that... um, even though these games had no fans in the stadium, number one is that the players didn't uh, hold back at all. Uh, even during these games, I mean, it, it was very physical. It was, you I mean, both teams going at it. There, w- there was no kind of, OK, let's, let's slow down. That, that's just There's no one watching, really. So that, let's just kind of play half-hearted. There was none of that. Um, the second thing is that um, even though there's no atmosphere in the stadium, it's the first time really, unless you've gone to, unless you've had a you know, a seat in the front row or first row of a soccer stadium, but it's the first time really that we, the soccer fans, have had a chance to listen to the soccer players on the pitch uh, during a professional game and just hearing, of course, yes, we know that they, they talk throughout the match in terms of you know helping each other out and all sorts of things they were saying in terms of, uh, you mean, Manon, etc. Um, but it, it's it, it's it's really refreshing in a way to hear how vocal they are. But even in some games, I think it was the PSG game against Dortmund, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago now. And uh, after PSG scored one of the goals, uh, I think some of the players were like, goal! They had a, like a Spanish goal call. Goal! And, and, and that was really refreshing to hear. That's something you, w- you would never hear normally during a match. Um what about you, Karthik? Did you watch uh, any of the matches behind closed doors, and did you have any interesting ob- observations?
2: Yeah, Wolves-Olympiakos uh, was interesting. I mean, it was behind closed doors, in a sense. There were actually, uh, I think, about 40 Olympiakos fans allowed in, and, and a handful of Wolves fans allowed in, but it was still behind closed doors. That was an actual, actually a very good match, and that was the final match uh, in European club competition before everything got wound down. Uh, Chivas-Monterey, uh, which uh, – and, and we'll get into it in the news section with CVS. But uh, that that was very uh, – that was a very interesting match to watch. I always like watching Monterey. They're an, an open team. They play exciting football. Uh, Chivas has not been so good to watch the last few years, if you could watch them at all right in this country. At times, you couldn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, there wasn't much, uh, uh, much else I was able to watch. I did watch an awful lot of the um, – of the series is that were uh, that were thrown on as, as replacements. I watched a good chunk of Liverpool Manchester United again uh, on NBCSN that was thrown on uh, as a replacement for one of the live matches that was originally scheduled premier league matches. I did watch uh, a dated studio show from earlier in the season with Rebecca and the two Robbies, Rebecca Lowe and the two Robbies, which, uh, uh, have no applicability to today, but uh, there's still always interesting things I pick up from the NBC studio. I uh, watched a lot of ESPN FC. We can get into that later. That that was all news related and rescheduling related. Soccer Box with Gary Neville, which is a show I've recommended previously on uh, this podcast. Chris, uh, NBC ran six different uh, six different shows of, uh, over the weekend and uh, into Monday, and I taped them all. I've watched them all. Now and I cannot recommend this enough. If you just like one classic Premier League matches and two analytical discussions with former players, because uh, I don't, I don't know that there's another show like it, uh, at least in English, uh, in in football, And and I'm very appreciative that NBC now is repeating all of the old soccer boxes we get one every like three or four weeks on NBC now it looks like they have the inventory of shows from Sky that they're just uh, uh, dropping uh, on uh, on TV
1: yeah this weekend there's um, on Saturday I don't have the times in front of me but I do know that uh, they're going to be showing a bunch of soccer boxes I think it's on Saturday morning I think pretty early like seven o'clock in the morning um but yeah and actually we <clears throat> we'll have a, a schedule posted at com. Um, in the next 24 hours, which will have a preview of what's on this weekend, because there are a lot of games that are being played, and and that's the strange thing, Karthik, is that uh, as this pandemic spreads, um, and you mean we're practicing, you mean, qu- quarantining, uh, social distancing, self isolation, a lot of these terms that uh, you mean now uh, just seem to be very natural and very common. A week ago, you mean we probably. You know, two weeks ago, we'd probably think you were crazy if you we were mentioning these words in just general discourse. Is there are a lot of games being played? The one thing for me, though, too, I mean, I I watched maybe I don't know, maybe maybe ten games or twelve games over this past week, uh, all of them behind closed doors. Is it's not the same. I mean, so the game I probably enjoyed the most, um, other than the Olympiakos Wolves game, which was a really good uh, back and forth game, was Galatasaray against uh, Besiktas. Uh, from the Turkish Super League, and fair play to be in sports too, I mean they had Phil Shane and Eric Krakow doing the commentary at uh, George Metellus in the studios, so they they 're very visible they 're working they're producing these games they're broadcasting these games as if you know, as if it 's just a normal day uh This game was a nil nil game, but it was a it was an entertaining game. I enjoyed it and um Club Atlas against Toluca watch this one to do an extra with uh, Nico Canto and Chris Whittingham uh, in the English commentary enjoyed that one too, but overall it 's just not the same it it, it is um, the, the, the it, without the fans without the you mean just the the i mean just the the intensity the excitement it does have a huge impact it it, it makes it a completely different viewing experience. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's surprising that when you don't have the fans in the stadium, how much of a difference it does make.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And you had said this a week ago on this show, or maybe it was two weeks ago when we, uh, when we first, uh, were going through Serie A playing uh, completely yep. behind closed doors. And I said, well, no, 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 it's, it's it, it, people will still watch it. It's still the same. I had a hard time, honestly watching a few of these matches because of that. Uh, Chivas-Monterey in particular, because that match would normally be one where the crowd is very, very uh, lively, very into it. Uh, Europa League matches, maybe, maybe not. Although is always... Pre- crowds are kind of crazy. So we missed out on that with that match. So, yeah, I think, unfortunately, that's the case, Chris. It's also, unfortunately, something we're going to have to get used to because – and and we're going to get into this in the news section – but there are some leagues that are more reliant on TV money than on gate receipts, and then there are some other leagues that are the opposite. So uh, the ones that are more reliant on TV money than gate receipts, I think – are probably right now plotting a course where they can try and forge ahead and resume their seasons earlier in front of closed doors and, and that would be most of the leagues we we love in europe so uh uh stay tuned we might be seeing a lot of closed doors football in the next couple months
1: yeah so the, let's move to that then Kartik. let's move to the tv streaming news and let's start off with the first uh, few items of some of the big changes that are happening and uh which roll right into what you just said
2: yeah, so uh, Euro twenty twenty, as I'm sure everyone knows now, has been moved to the summer of twenty twenty one, July June eleventh to July eleventh. The subsequent fallout is the women's Euros reportedly might be moved to twenty twenty two, to the summer of twenty twenty two. I'm also told, and this hasn't been widely reported, I, I don't believe. Uh, I'm also told that there was a consideration to move the Euros to January of 2021 to run alongside the African Cup of Nations and then to just have the major European leagues break then uh, because they're already losing players to the AFCON, uh, which they do every – this is a frequent complaint, right? Uh, Every other January, they lose players. So uh, that that was uh, strongly considered because also I think – Nobody's talking about this, Chris, other than it seems like me, there will be a massive disruption to the calendar a couple of years down the road when we have a Winter World Cup and cutter and the seasons um, are, are will not will not flow as they normally do the European club season. So I think UEFA considered well maybe we just we just create uh, a, 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 using that precedent, to create another break in the winter. They opted not to, but um, I think schedule disruption, is something we're going to have to get used to in European leagues the next few years. It's the new normal between this and then uh, the Qatar uh, 2022 World Cup. So, again, they, they considered moving it to the winter, the Euros. Um, Copa America 2020 has been suspended. It will be moved to 2021. I'm actually not that disappointed by this because we just had a Copa in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, CONMEBOL is trying to shift mm-hmm. Copa America to... The to even years uh, between World Cups, so the same years as Euros, are normally scheduled, uh, but Personally, I think I would rather see a Copa in 2021 and then shift to 2024 rather than 1920 and then four years without a Copa America. So uh, this might actually work out. Uh, South American qualifiers, obviously, uh, are going to have to be rescheduled now. World Cup qualifiers, uh, there were uh, a, num- a number of uh, World Cup qualifiers scheduled for June of 2021 in South America. Those are now going to be played supposedly this summer. Let's see. That depends on when we resume football.
1: Yeah, what a mess this is. I mean, and and I'm not going to talk too much about the changes in terms of exact timing, just because this is all in flux. It's one of those things where... You, right. you, you mean it, this could all change yeah. again, depending yeah. on how long this goes on? Yeah, for. everything
2: I just said, Chris, might no, a week from now we might be recording, and, and it's all irrelevant. It's all null and void. So, right, uh, that's just the, what I just read. Uh, what I just said is is the status as of the as, moment we're recording.
1: Yeah, 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 Thursday yeah. morning, US time. So, so the other news, kartik is that today, when we're recording this on Thursday, is that the Premier League is having a uh, an emergency teleconference. Uh, with the, uh, the club owners, and they're talking about uh, playing the season, the rest of the season, behind closed doors. Yep. Which, which uh, we've already stated in terms of just the, uh, the excitement level, which is a huge drop-off, um, watching it behind closed doors. Um, part of the reason, though, for this, though, Kartik, is a report that just came out this morning uh, from SportsPro, and uh, it says that um, Sky and BT are threatening legal action against the Premier League uh, to the tune of about uh, $897 million if this, this season of the Premier League fails to finish uh, due to the uh, coronavirus. Uh, obviously, Sky and BT, just, just as two examples here, have paid I mean, millions of dollars uh, to uh, have the rights to broadcast these games. Um, by not broadcasting these games, it's hurting their pockets in terms of the, the revenue that they can generate from advertising and viewership, etc., and subscribers. So that that's part of the reason I'm sure that the Premier League is talking about is saying, OK, well, what can we do to finish off this season to figure out a way to play these games, get it over and done with, and then um, satisfy the Sky Sports and BT Sports of the world? And then move on from there and then, and then hope that uh, everything is is resolved the the, the the funny thing just one more thing to add on this kartic is that um West Ham United's uh, vice chairman, Karen Brady, who's been very vocal uh, this past couple of weeks, said if the fixtures could not be completed, the only fair solution would be to declare this season null and void. Which is funny just to say that, because, you mean uh, if they decided to play the rest of the season behind closed doors, there's a threat that West Ham United could get relegated. Uh, if she calls it null and void, you know, the season practically, OK, let's just, just cancel the season. We'll start up next season whenever. That that keeps West Ham United in in the Premier League.
2: <laughs> I don't think uh, the vast majority of people take anything she says or her uh, bosses, Golden Sullivan, seriously. And let's keep in mind, uh, Karen Brady uh, and Golden Sullivan have have an agenda. They they have. Uh, Uh, essentially uh, calm their way into this uh, Olympic Stadium or London Stadium, as it's called now. And the club faces uh, a real crisis if they get relegated because – and I think we've talked about this on the show before, Chris. That's uh, the club in England or top-flight club in England with the worst scouting network, uh, with the worst training infrastructure – And quite frankly, with the most jaded uh, supporters base because of uh, their ownership, among other issues. So uh, I I understand why she would push for that. I don't think anyone else uh, is going to go for that. Um, Here's uh, what I wanted to chime in and and, and say is that I have a couple of sources. Uh, The one good thing about everybody being down uh, and in their homes is that I'm talking to more of my contacts in, in Europe. Um, more often now, Chris, and uh, there seems to be a a, a sense that uh, if the Premier League and Football League don't get the seasons done, and I don't know what what clubs that are in League One and League Two are thinking in terms of uh um in terms of of litigation, but that there there was a proposal floated that the Premier League would just play with twenty two clubs next year and take Leeds and West Brom who are. Um, have put some distance between – they're the top two in the championship between three th- three through six who would be in the playoffs. Uh, I, I have from a couple of sources that there would probably be litigation from the clubs that are in spots three to six or even spots three to ten, right? Even mm-hmm. uh, your, your club, Swansea, uh, Cardiff, uh, Millwall, they could all still – push their way into, into those playoff spots. Actually, quite frankly, the way Millwall has been playing, there's a very good chance they'd, they'd end up in the top six. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with Cardiff. So uh, that's something that I think they're trying to avoid. So now, because of the television networks, uh, uh, which we knew was going to be an issue, and, and we'll get to uh, to that a little more on that in a bit, and uh, and then the potential of clubs that don't get promoted or don't have a chance to get promoted, more importantly, uh, potentially suing They're desperate to get the season done. Uh, But the Premier League, part of the reason the Premier League is so popular is the atmospheres in the grounds, right? This is, I think, a big part of why it's so popular around the world. And if you throw that product behind closed doors, and and I think – there are people who disagree with you and I, but there are also a lot of people who agree with you and me that this season, from a quality standpoint, the league hasn't been quite up to, to, to its usual level. Uh, you might expose all sorts of things to supporters, or maybe people who are watching on television are just so happy to have football back, they won't notice the flaws. Who yeah. you knows?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not i uh, I'm not behind this in terms of the Premier League finishing the season and play, play, playing it behind closed doors. Part of it is the medical reasons, Kartik. So, uh, I mean, the NBA yeah. is talking about doing uh, having some games behind closed doors and having all the players tested, and uh, and this is what the Premier League is uh, is looking at too. Is that uh, even though the players might be tested and tested, you mean negative? There's no guarantee. That you mean they they I mean it, they would all they would really really have to live in isolation really in terms of yeah, making right, sure right. that they're not in contact with anyone else outside certain circles that you mean someone's monitoring making sure that they don't leave their you mean their hotel room or where I I don't know to me it's um to be frank it feels like same thing with the NBA too and with the Premier League and, and other leagues. It's almost like lab rats. It's almost like it's it's they're kind of just focusing on the revenue, f- focusing on, on the money. And yes, we would like to see games being played. Uh, it's not going to be the same. I don't know. To me, I, I would just prefer uh, the NBA, the Premier League and other leagues just to take a break and say, okay, let's just take a break for however, however long this is going to be. Um, and tv companies sky sports bt sports and others just calm down you I mean this this is really kind of a a freak act of, of guard of that's happening right now um yeah. let's not focus it on the money let's focus it on what's best for for everyone ah uh, uh, this this is gonna be such a mess Kartic. but i wouldn't be surprised though if um if the premier league says okay yeah we're gonna play games behind closed doors we're gonna test the players no one's gonna be in the stadium um if they do that which sounds corny but in the stadiums if they had music piped in or kind of crowd noise piped into the stadium actually might make it a little bit more tolerable in terms of watching it and a little bit more you mean a little bit more exciting but still this is a really one-of-a-kind situation in terms of what's happening right now um personally i'd rather them just just not play it at all but um I mean, we, we can definitely, I mean, it will come back at some point. It's just, uh, I don't think right now is the right time. Uh, although the Premier League, I wouldn't be surprised if they go ahead and do it. Now, Kartik, as far as some of the winners and losers from uh, the coronavirus, um, if, if they can be winners and if they can be losers, there, there are some things that are having an impact. Uh, some of the winners, one of the things I would say that uh, in the past week, um, EA Sports, uh, the FIFA video game, uh, we've had football manager that 's got a free trial for a one week free trial we 've had Orlando City uh, retweeting uh, pl- people live streaming Subutio. there 's been a lot of um, soccer being played um, and it 's more whether it 's virtual or whether it's you mean kind of a, uh, even table soccer games or whether it 's uh strategy computer games whatever it may be. Uh, that's definitely been a, been a winner this past week. I've been surprised, though, Karthik, that uh, we haven't ha- heard any announcements about some of the, the video games like, being played on mainstream television, kind of the eSports. And I'm sure they could do it in terms of uh, having people in separate studios so that there's not crowds together in the same place. But that's one thing I've been surprised by that we haven't seen or, or heard about yet.
2: I, I think we probably will. I think that that's uh, inevitable the longer... Uh, so these leagues technically initially suspended until early April. Uh, Now we have USL, and we're going to talk about them in a minute. Uh, We're in the listener mailbag section, we're going to talk about USL, but uh, they've now extended their their suspension until mid-May. So I think what you're going to have is as these suspensions, which is inevitable, right? I think we all know it's a 60 to 90 day thing now, that uh, you're going to see some replacement programs spring up as there's more time to process this. And I think e-gaming uh, is going to be a big one and FIFA is going to be a big one. I've seen some football manager played uh, on online uh, the last few days. I have to register a complaint. People are playing Football Manager in 3D, which I don't do. I still play the old 2D version with the, with the uh, circles running around. Um, and in fact, when I, when I mentioned that on Twitter, a lot of people were like, yeah, 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 that's not Football Manager. If they want to play with those fancy graphics, just play FIFA. Um, so some of us are still traditionals when it comes old to Old
1: school. Yeah, yeah, even when the computer yeah. games. Uh, yes. Another winner, of course, is going to be uh, the streaming services. So whether it's Sling TV, Hulu, Fubo, CBS All Access, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, YouTube TV, uh, Pluto TV, etc. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're the same way as I am, Karthik. Um, while there hasn't been as much soccer on as usual, I've been watching a lot of you know, movies, a lot of series, a lot of uh, other content, uh, on-demand stuff. And, and that's definitely a big winner. Uh, the Losers... Same here. One quick
2: point. Um, I I think what was really interesting was when CBS uh, announced – and I I know we're going to get to this a little later in the news section, but this I think uh, fits into the streaming thing. When CBS announced the Chivas deal, there was so much more excitement about it than I think there normally would have been because people are like, oh, uh, CBS Sports is a mainstream app. I can just watch a game on there, Um, and I don't think – had that had been announced uh, any other week, there would have been quite the uh, the, the, the excitement among fans about it. So uh, that that just lends itself to the fact that streaming, streaming is it now.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And something like this, too, in terms of um, the really kind of the cord cutters, the number of cord cutters uh, over the next month, it probably those numbers will increase even more considerably, uh, yep. even more than they were in the past in terms of people getting just used to watching stuff on streaming. Uh, some of the losers in this, uh, the betting companies. I mean, most of uh, sports have been obliterated in terms of uh, the league's been suspended. Not a lot of uh, games to bet on. Um, there have there has been a lot of interest in the Turkish Super, super League. Um, it's on being sports uh, practically because it's one of the few leagues that's still running. And um, I've noticed that on even on my my, uh, my Twitter feed, a lot of people asking questions about about um, betting on on Super League. Uh, some of the other impacts, this is something I've thought about, Karthik, is that uh, the long-term effects on attendance, even after all of this yes. is over with the coronavirus, so at some point in time in the future, we don't know where, uh, when that's going to be, but kind of a, a green light will go off where people will say, okay, now okay, now it seems to be everything under control, now it's time to, to go back and go back to your you mean music concerts, go back to the nightclubs, the bars, the beaches, wherever it may be, and soccer games too. But I think there will be a tendency among some people, a lot of people actually, to hold off on that. Just uh, and, and how long that will take before people say, okay, yeah, everything's back to normal now. We can go out there and, and not have to worry about this. I don't know how long that'll take. because So the long-term effects on attendance could, could have some big ramifications for um, a lot of sports leagues, for sure. The other thing, Kartik is Major League Soccer. Um, thankfully, they've had all of these uh, fees, uh, expansion fees coming into the organization um, even in, in the terms of hundreds of millions of dollars. But you have to wonder for a league that's so dependent on gate revenue, on ticket revenue, how long can the league run without the ticket revenue coming in before teams start going out of business or before teams start uh, laying people off? Uh, and you look at... Uh, Clubs such as I mean Atlanta or Seattle with tremendous uh, ticket revenue, um, they may, may be OK, but there might be some of the smaller clubs that definitely need help. I guess in some ways, though, Kartik with having the kind of the sin- single entity, this does help even the smaller clubs, say Colorado Rapids, as one example, that um, may be hurting more in terms of uh, the, the loss of revenue. But from a single entity, uh, everyone's sharing that revenue pool together so that they can actually help each other out.
2: Yeah, this is true, but uh, I, I have to say your your second point that you made about the long-term effects of attendance even after this is all over, as I said earlier, I'm having more conversations with what I would call sources or other reporters uh, this week than I've had in, in ages really because people have time on their hands, and that is a – Ongoing concern. There is a feeling, and maybe this will stun some of the listeners, or maybe some of the listeners who are in this camp that uh, the practice of social distancing or or people becoming germaphobes, mm-hmm. so to speak, uh, might increase after uh, this uh, this phenomenon lifts. So even if ninety percent of the people who were paying for tickets in the past. Uh, go back to their old habits. 10% won't. Those 10% will then become television customers of the sport more than they are now, which helps uh, the next tv rights cycles but hurts attendance so uh, it would again play into the favor of those leagues like the premier league uh and and others that are very tv driven right mm-hmm. um and will hurt those leagues that are used that are that are much more um dependent on gate receipts so uh, watch this space i think that this is something that uh particularly with our domestic leagues in the U.S., is going to be very damaging. I do not think it is realistic to think that 100 percent of the people who were previously attending MLS or USL matches or or, or whatever, NISA, et cetera, are going to come back after this. There are people who are just naturally going to be um, uh, hesitant and be homophobes, for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah the the other thing too for Major League Soccer is that this is this is a, a nightmare scenario. This is the worst possible scenario of what's been going on with uh, the season just I mean 2 weeks old uh now being suspended for goodness knows how long it could be until who knows the end of the year uh it could be be played behind closed doors um you mean this it, it's, and this is really what i'm talking about in terms of the, the nightmare scenario more so about the tv revenue and the tv rights so the current deal ends in 2022 Uh discussions have already started for uh, the next tv deal so it's likely that uh 2021 is when the uh, the bidding uh, process will Well, actually probably maybe early 2022 the, the process will, will start up is that um these TV, revenue, these TV companies, these streaming companies are going to be looking at figures, are going to be looking at how many people are tuning in to watch Major League Soccer. And if the 2020 season is practically null and void and, and I mean, just isn't played or it's played behind closed doors and that has a, an impact on the viewing figures, um, that's not going to put Major League Soccer in a strong position. Uh, during those negotiations and bid- bidding with these different streaming companies. Yeah, streaming is good in terms of long-term future for this uh, for this league, uh, but the TV side of things is uh, where a lot of the money is coming from. So, yeah, it, it, Major League Soccer could be one of the big losers in this one, uh, perhaps more than anyone else in terms of just the timing of all of this. Um, the Premier League, too. I mean, Premier League's coming up for a, a new TV, TV rights deal renewal, in uh, 2022 also so that's going to have big ramifications on them
2: but there's one other point here chris though unfortunately when you talk about tv for mls so the resumption of the season might coincide with now a longer run where mls has to compete with the nba and nhl domestically and compete with the premier league and bundesliga and serie a Uh, And the Champions League, actually, which we haven't talked about yet. Champions League and Europa League from uh, abroad. This could really hurt MLS on television also for this specific season with the resumptions because uh, there is now a a good chance that... uh, Major League Soccer will not have a respite, that they will not have a period of time when they are not competing domestically against either the NBA or college football slash the NFL. And then they're going to be uh, competing with the Premier League. Let's just take the Premier League as an example because that's the strongest European league on television for – Probably maybe the entire time they play this season with the exception of a month because some of the Premier League proposals have involved having a shortened uh, uh, break between the two seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and just resuming pretty quickly, having a transfer window, a shortened transfer window, uh, and then uh, resuming. So I think this is going to be particularly challenging for MLS, and, and we're going to see uh, – you know, there have been so many theories, and we talk, we talked about it on the show since we changed the format a couple of years ago, uh, about uh, whether MLS uh, suffers because of competition from NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and, and American football, and then whether it, it's suffering because of competition from other European football leagues. We might get the whole whammy this season and see how strong MLS is as a standalone property when everything else, when there's always something else going on in either the football world or in the sports world.
1: Yeah, one more thing too about this, Kartik, is that uh, with Euro twenty twenty uh, being postponed until next summer, is that will have an impact on Major League Soccer TV ratings this year if MLS does uh, come back? i mean, and say, may- say a month from now, they decide to go ahead and start playing games behind closed doors is I'm sure Major League Soccer was bank- banking on some of these games being double-headers. So you'd have a, um, a Euro yeah, 2020 yep. game that may have been on uh, ABC, maybe say France against Germany or something like that in, in the, the latter rounds of the tournament, followed immediately uh, with an MLS game on, on that same network. And if that Euro 2020 lead-in is not there any longer, uh, MLS, that game has to survive oh. on, by itself.
2: Or even the reverse. So there was a, a situation in 2008 where DC United played the Galaxy. Uh, and I remember Marcelo Gaggiardo, who's who's become a great manager, right, at River Plate, mm-hmm. uh, was the big star of this game. Uh, uh, they, they played that on ABC leading into the Euro final between Spain and Germany. And I remember it got a 1.2 rating, a really, really good number. Uh, and we're talking about 2008, which is a year before Seattle joined the league and kind of the league transformed. I mean, Beckham was already here. Um but uh, the league really transformed the year Seattle uh, moved from USL to MLS. So uh, there have been these spikes in ratings when they've when they've been paired with the Euros, and, and I think we saw it uh, on ESPN also. Actually, in, in 2016, now in 2020, you have both uh, MLS and the Euros going back to ABC in some form, uh, or well. The Euros are not going back. TBC in some form anymore in 2020, mm-hmm. right? be 2021. But there was that potential for a couple of really, um, really good double headers, which would uh, record big numbers for MLS. So that that also hurts them, although uh, it does probably help them uh, in the macro sense that they're not competing with the Euros anymore this summer. Um, or with Copa America, but uh, they'll be competing with other things, as we just talked about.
1: So one more loser for me, and that is, before I turn it over to you, Karthik, is that I think um, The Athletic is going to be a bit, one of the big losers in this one. Uh, this is a, uh, you mean, a, a subscription service behind a paywall that uh, really uh, focuses on sports. And, you mean, if you Uh, think about subscribing to athletic i mean how much news and content is actually going to be behind there uh focus on your sports team or your sports league that you're you're interested in i mean most of the news at this point are are, is is really business news it's about uh deals being done is about negotiations and, and yes the athletic would have some coverage of that but i would um, I re- expect really the athletics to be hit, hit big time by this. Uh, all these developments with no sports going on. Um, as as far as world soccer talk uh, personally, Kartik, um, we've gone ahead. We, we've committed to going ahead and doing this podcast on a weekly basis. Um, there's still plenty to talk about. We are still watching soccer. We are still talking about uh, developments uh, about the the streaming side and uh, watching it on apps, etc. Um, the, the other thing, too, with the website is that we've removed all advertising from the website. We have no paywalls on the website. Uh, we've, uh, we have uh, tips and help in, in, in terms of the coronavirus, um, things. the five things to do to make sure to protect yourself to uh, uh, reduce the threat of, of uh, coronavirus. We've done that, too. We're planning on continuing to do the Heart of the Game uh, podcast series with interviews with a lot of the top broadcasters. Uh, We were scheduled to do an interview uh, with Ian Joy last week, but we had to (coughs) uh, postpone that uh, due to everything that was going on. But so we're we're fully committed. We're still going to be here. We're going to be talking each week. We're going to be posting articles on the website. And and the website, we have the TV schedules of all the games that are on, as well as um, this weekend, too, a bunch of uh, reruns of some of the games. Uh, as well as the latest news and coverage about uh, the world of soccer but uh, Karthik any other losers in all of this um, c- uh, scenario?
2: Yeah so there's um, the potential of the Bundesliga being a big loser uh, remember most Bundesliga clubs are are members, member owned uh supporter owned and uh, their revenue model is is heavily dependent on uh, because they keep ticket prices low remember for for, for members uh they are membership I shouldn't even call them ticket prices membership prices low for for members uh they uh they are heavily dependent on television revenue so uh, there's now been a lot of talk this week uh, that the bundesliga Uh, needs to get the season resumed and they have to play in front of closed doors uh, and they have to fulfill their obligations to their television, uh, to their media partners, television partners, as uh, we talked about in England, the Premier League, feeling like they need to do. Otherwise, Bundesliga clubs could. This seems a doomsday scenario, but just think about the structure of the clubs versus the structure of the clubs in other top European leagues. Bundesliga clubs could fail they could go out of business because uh, they're so dependent on that revenue now. Now they have some sponsorship revenue uh, as well. Uh, in the case of Bayern Munich, they, they bring in more sponsorship revenue than any club uh, in, in England, in English football, but yeah. uh, most German clubs don't. So this is a, uh, this is probably a bigger crisis for them than for the other four top, you know, of the big five European leagues of, of those leagues. This is probably a bigger crisis for the Bundesliga and, that's why, Chris, um, I'm a little concerned that they may jump the gun and, and force closed-door matches there, even maybe before they do in England.
1: Hmm. Interesting. All right, Kontic, and then the uh, next news item, uh, PSG doing yeah. some business.
2: Yeah. So PSG is going to get, uh, they're going to be the next club and it'll be next season. And, and again, we don't know when next season is going to start. We don't know when it's going to end, but uh, the 2021, 2020, 2021 season uh, of PSG will get uh, the Amazon prime uh, documentary treatment, the all or nothing treatment that currently this season uh, Tottenham uh, this, uh, are, are being filmed. Spurs are being filmed. This was part of uh Maybe uh, what we're going to see about uh, Pochettino out, Mourinho in, with cl- cameras behind closed doors for that documentary. Obviously, uh, this is the, just the latest uh, in the series. A number of American professional sports teams have been covered, as have Manchester City uh, and Leeds United and uh, uh, Borussia Dortmund in, yeah. in, in, in world football.
1: All right, next up is, and and this is a tip from uh, Paul Scanlon. He said, uh, go ahead and and, uh, talk about uh, what TV networks are showing what soccer. And and just a quick rundown here. So NBCSN uh, has uh, coverage... Um, reruns really what what it is uh, this this weekend so for example uh, this Sunday they're having a, a triple header uh, they're having the Manchester Derby um, I think from 2017 through th- to 2018 so they have three games on uh, I think from 6am eastern time um, all the way through till I think 2pm uh, eastern time on Sunday so the Manchester derbies, they got uh, reruns of those On the Saturday morning, they've got uh, Premier League uh, goals of the season from the 2010 season all the way through to the 2017 season. Um, Seven hours of Premier League goals of the season, which I always enjoy watching those. Those are really uh, always exciting to see. Uh, Also, in addition to that, too, every day, weekdays, they have uh, Sky Sports News, that the simulcast. Uh, and that has been extended to between four to six hours uh, each day um, wasn't that long ago that it just had one hour a day now we're up to four to six hours there
2: speaking of those goals of the season a little pro tip here uh, I, uh, I I have them all I own them all via Apple TV so uh, everything from the 1011 season through the 1617 season yep. is available on Apple TV, not just goals of the season, but the summary of the season. Uh, and then there's one other program. They, oh, uh, the Premier League uh, uh, 20th anniversary commemoration special, I don't think they did a 25th anniversary one, but the 20th anniversary one is available on Apple TV. I bought them all, so uh, I can binge on them anytime, but I do suggest if, if uh, you don't own those to watch it on NBC. You'll be you, you'll be surprised. You'll say, hey, I, I, I might want to watch this for, for five minutes, and then you get sucked in. And then you're like, oh, I remember that. I remember when Kas- Kasami from uh, uh, Fulham had that belter in 2013, in, in, in and then you get sucked into these programs. So, I highly recommend those. Those are always a lot of fun. Um, yeah. As I said, you can you can buy them through Apple TV. Maybe you can buy them through Amazon and uh, and other services as well. But definitely through Apple. I, I own them all through Apple.
1: So the Turkish Super League. If you haven't watched it before, it's actually really entertaining. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, former players that used to play in the Premier League that play in uh, in Turkey. Uh, in addition to other stars from around uh, the European continent. Uh, the Galatasaray game I watched uh, last weekend had several uh, Dutch players. Um, it, it's an entertaining league. It's very physical. It's very similar to the Premier League in terms of um, the style and the physicality and just the the nonstop. You uh, mean attack, attack, attack. Um, I mean, defensively, not the greatest league by any means, but uh, it's entertaining. And this weekend uh, on Be Sports and Be Sports Connect, um, there's about four to five games scheduled to be played, uh, to be shown uh, behind closed doors, but still some good football there to check out. Uh, ESPN, as Kartik w- would, would know better than anyone, uh, ESPN, has, uh, ESPN Plus has their daily ESPN FC show that airs nightly uh, with discussion and analysis of everything that's going on in the world of soccer. And, and then also this weekend in the early morning hours, uh, we have the A-League from Australia, which is being played behind closed doors. And then I think it's Saturday night. or it depends how you look at it. But but Saturday night, but twelve thirty a.m. Eastern time is the grand final between Melbourne City and Sydney FC in the the Women's League. Um, so so definitely some good content there. If you have ESPN Plus, uh, uh is uh, showing uh, Real Madrid TV and Sevilla TV. They have the uh, exclusives on those. Uh, In addition to being sports, so if you want to get uh, uh, watch the Turkish Super Super League and watch uh, Real Madrid TV and Sevilla TV and TYC Sports etc., that's only seven ninety nine a month. Uh, Good deal there. Uh, Fox, Kartik, I don't. This is out of everyone. Fox is the one that has the least amount of programming on uh to I maybe mean, for soccer fans what what they did about a week ago they announced that they were shutting down the production studios um at fox so what it meant was that last weekend there were, there were games being played there were games being played in um in Liga mx as one example that fox had the rights to there was a uh, club tijuana game that was uh, i think playing at home there was a santos laguna game that was being played at home so those two games, even though Fox had the rights to those games, they didn't show them because they didn't have any uh, commentators that could get into the studio to go ahead and actually do that. The production studios were completely shut down. So as a result, I think the um, both of those games, I mean, I think one of the games was on ESPN Deportes, and I think the other game, actually, maybe both of them are on ESPN Deportes. But as far as what they're showing... Um, most of it is is reruns they have reruns of nascar and um I guess, um, I don't know, I do not even watch a lot of this stuff, but stuff that's not soccer. But they do have some soccer. So actually Daytona 500, I think they have too. But um, the stuff that they do have of soccer in the next coming days, they are showing lots of highlights of the U.S. women's national team. So they're going to be showing the uh, 2015 FIFA World Cup final between uh, USA and Japan. As well as um, I think the women's Olympic qualifying game, the final of that game. Uh, It's interesting that they're not showing, as far as I can look at in terms of the programming calendars or schedules, they're not showing any uh, U.S. men's national team games uh, on reruns. They're just showing the women, which uh, uh, says a lot. They
2: they showed the David Beckham documentary. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, twice this past week, which I think is an MLS, uh, it's actually an MLS production. Right? it's not it's, uh, not an independent production, but yeah. They, so they've shown that. Yeah, that's an interesting point about the U.S. men's national team. I um, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, it, it's uh, uh, they 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 have a library of games they can tap into from the men's national team, but I, I think again, there's probably so there's there's such a jaded supporters base. Uh, although, again, there are games that they showed on Fox Air or on Fox Soccer back in the day that would remind. Uh, fans of, of better days in the national team program that they could show. I mean, I, I remember, for example, uh, the U.S. going to Poland, who was very good at the time, or was still very good, but uh, going and winning a friendly 3-0, that was on Fox. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that would be a game I would I would show again. That was from 2008. Uh, there were several games that were on Fox where the U.S. had uh, ha- ha- had good results and, and uh, they might want to show again. I, I want to say uh, maybe even some of the qualifiers from the – the 2014 cycle were on Fox where the US had a a good result
1: and last but not least in terms of uh, what channels are showing what uh, and Bleacher Report Live so BR Live is continuing to show live feeds of uh, LFC uh, TV so Liverpool's uh, uh, Club Channel, MU TV, Arsenal TV and Spurs TV, as well as a lot of on-demand uh, classic Champions League games, including uh, Liverpool's comeback against Barcelona in the 2019 UEFA Champions League semi-final. So uh, a lot of good uh, on-demand content there. And Kartik, um, last... Uh, news item before we move on to TV ratings, and that's Chivas TV. So this was a shocker. So this was an article that we uh, had exclusively reported on uh, worldsoccertalk.com, and that was last Saturday, was that uh, Chivas... Um, Guadalajara, uh, a club that uh, doesn't have a broadcaster on U.S. television in the United States, um, what they've done—they have their own Chivas TV. It's been since I think uh, July of 2018 that they've uh, tried to get fans to watch games on Chivas TV for the home games. They're not on TV like uh, like all the other big clubs, are, Club America, etc. But what Chivas TV did last weekend, or Chivas did last weekend for the game against Monterey one time only, they they went out to each of the major sports broadcasters in the United States and said, hey, we've got this game, we're playing Monterey tonight, we, we own the rights to this game, uh, we will use our own in-house commentators, and if you guys want to go ahead and, and show this game, go at it. I, and this game was interesting, too. I, I watched it, um, again, behind closed doors, wasn't that exciting, unfortunately, um, Chivas, not the greatest team anymore in Liga MX, But it ended up being on, let me see, let me figure out which channels it was on. It was on Fox Deporters. It was on ESPN Deporters. Uh, it was on, um, where else? CBS. CBS Sports app had it on. Uh, yeah. Even the Fubo Sports Network had it on. Uh, Tudo NA had it on. So there's five broadcasters. There might have been even more than that.
2: I think it was on Galavision or Unimas also. Okay, on one of them.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting too. But, I mean, CBS, expe- especially. You would think that CBS would be like, hey, "Thanks for the, for the offer, but no, it's okay. But CBS said, "Yeah, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go ahead and show this game on on the uh, through the CBS Sports app." And uh, viewing figures, we don't know what the viewing figures are for this one yet. In terms of across all those five major networks. um... But it was an interesting ploy because I'm sure Chivas is probably trying to test the waters saying, "Okay, hey, let's have our game. Let's let's give it to the the, uh, providers, the TV providers, and let's see what happens. See if we get one of them to say, yep, we'd like to go ahead and get uh, the rights to uh, to the the home games moving forward. We'd love to partner with you. Or maybe we'll spread this across uh, many networks and do a partnership deal. But yeah, that was interesting. CBS showing uh, Chivas against Monterrey. And then the TV ratings, Karthik, uh, so for this past week, uh, from the world of soccer, be- behind closed doors, we did have some big numbers. So Club America against Cruz Azul uh, on UNOAS and Tuduene on Sunday, 1.1 million people watched this game. So it just goes to show, behind closed doors, people will still tune in. I mean, it's Club America, so it's massive. uh Cruz Azul, it's a derby. Yeah, and plus, I mean, just I League mean, of MX numbers in general are huge. Um uh, Club Lyon against uh, Pumas was uh, 1 million viewers for on Univision and TUDN on Saturday. So two big games, the two biggest games of the weekend, uh over a million viewers for both of those games and um yeah, some some and, and actually the Chivas against Monterey game that we mentioned uh, just a minute ago on the NA number that was 415,000 viewers on that one. So if you take the four other broadcasters and combine those numbers, maybe that was closer to a million. Yeah, two.
2: I think there has to have been cannibalism there because I thought, oh, that that's going to be a huge number because Chivas is back on American television. But because five or six broadcasters... Broadcasting the, the match, I think uh, it might be 1.1 million. Also, and remember, they were playing Monterey. They weren't playing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're playing the Continental uh, Champions, yeah. a club that oh, let's not forget gave, took Liverpool to the brink uh, in the World Club Championship. So, yeah. uh, for those who who may not watch Liga MX uh, regularly, there, there are some high quality teams. Monterey being at the top of that list,
1: absolutely. List the mailbag. Uh, we've got a few items that came in this week. Uh, first up is from uh, Taylor Kimpton. Taylor says and this is probably aimed at you, take more than yes. me, but forget about MLS. The USL is going to crash and burn at this rate. How can these small teams survive without game revenue as the season just started? That's a lot behind-the-scenes staff uh, that might not get paid, let alone the players and coaches.
2: Yeah, Taylor, you're 100% correct. In fact, as I said, I've spent more time on the phone this week than in a while with, with sources. And there are, um, and I don't want to sound an alarmist, There are teams in that league that uh, literally will not be able to keep the lights on. And now with the stoppage in USL is extended through at least mid-May, they need their ticket revenue. They need to reschedule as many home matches for some of these clubs as possible. There are other clubs uh, where their ownership was already kind of hanging by a thread coming into the season who may just shudder after this. Um, And I even heard from, from, Someone's speculation that there is a club in the USL championship that may not want the season to resume at all uh, because of their their liabilities, etc. I'm not sure I put that much stock into that, but that's the situation in that league. It's going to be dire. uh, Unfortunately, the longer this goes on, I give USL a lot of credit. And I want to say this again on this show. I said it on Twitter. I give Jake Edwards and Alan Papadakis a lot of credit uh, because Unlike MLS and unlike some of these uh, first divisions in Europe, where we're saying, "Oh yeah, the Bundesliga might have all kinds of trouble," the Premier League um, for the USL it's literally life or death. They, uh, I, I think, there was a lot of hesitancy to, to to do make take the steps they took because financially, so many of those teams need this revenue, and if they don't have a full. Uh, 30-plus match season with with something like uh, 14 to 16 home dates for each team. Uh, Revenue-wise, they're not going to be able to justify keeping staff. They're not going to be able to justify continuing to pay players for these stoppages, et cetera. So um, I give the league a lot of credit because they made the the, the prudent public health decision and the decision that was in the public interest, even if it wasn't in their league uh, and their member team's uh, financial interests. But, yeah, it's going to be rough for USL, to say the least.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, you could say that across many different leagues around the world, too. So, you mean, you look at England, you look at the League One clubs, League Two clubs. Yeah, same um, thing. Yeah, the the conference clubs, etc. Next up is John, Average Geek. And John says, uh, love the last show on the promotion relegation media market. Funny nobody says anything about market size for college football. SEC football is not in L.A. or New York, but commands big dollars.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, I I don't think of... uh of uh, the Columbus-Georgia TV market where Auburn is, Uh, Columbus-Phoenix City, as a uh, – Auburn obviously on the Alabama side of the border, but uh, as a huge TV market, right? I don't think of Oxford, Mississippi, although I guess that might be connected to Memphis and then Atlanta obviously has a lot of SEC support. But, yeah, the conference is entirely uh, kind of limited to to, to, to smaller TV markets uh, plus Atlanta and Nashville when you think about it. So uh, that's a great point. So uh, these teams they, know, they command such a high premium on U.S. television, and they are in the kinds of markets where, in many cases, we wouldn't even have Division Three or Division Four teams in the U.S. So uh, that's a fantastic point, John. Thank you.
1: And last but not least, uh, Raymond Orozco says, how come the American media isn't more critical of Major League Soccer and its Super League status in the region? Could you imagine what type of articles Grant Wall would be writing about the fairness of a North American Super League if the shoe was on the other foot, and it was in Mexico that partnered up with Canada, one of the strongest economies in the region outside of the United States, to help maintain its advantage over U.S. soccer? Yeah. So something to uh, think about. Yeah, there.
2: something to definitely ponder.
1: All right. Well, we want you to have your say. Uh, you can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can post your comments on com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any questions about streaming or watching soccer on television or any thoughts about some of the topics we discussed today or some ideas for other topics, uh, we also want to hear from you, too, in terms of what you've been watching, uh, w- how this is impacting your viewing experience. What have you been catching up on? Been watching, I don't know, PBS or documentaries or playing video games or whatever it may be. Just let us know. Uh, definitely keep in touch. We'll continue to do this podcast every week. Uh, still a lot to talk about and uh, a lot to look forward to uh, despite what everything's going on. So thank you for listening. You can get a new episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast every Thursday on practically every podcast player out there, including Alexa and including uh, Google Home. So all you have to do is just tell Google uh, to go ahead and play the World Soccer Talk podcast. And Alexa, if you just tell Alexa to go ahead and play World Soccer Talk, it will queue up the latest episode uh, for you to listen to, whether you're in the kitchen, living room, Um, bedroom or wherever you have those devices and if you like the show share it with your friends on social media and give us a review on itunes and kartik um heading into another week of some soccer from around the world uh what are you going to be doing first of all but but then uh, what should uh listeners do well, I haven't really
2: mapped out my weekend yet. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to. I mean, for me, this has been like an international break. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I've been watching movies and, and, and catching up on a lot of reading, have been having some trouble with streaming because the internet seems to be slower than usual, but tried to stream stuff. I think it's really going to hit me this weekend. Uh, because I, I I get I get through the one weekend without football. I no offense to people. I know some people think that this is crazy. Most people don't think I'm crazy, but a lot of, uh, some do. When I say this, I just generally take the international breaks off. Maybe watch one or two games, and, and I'm just not that interested in international football outside of big tournaments, honestly. But once uh uh, but a second weekend without uh, major club football from Europe or, or MLS or USL, uh, and then a first weekend without Liga Mechies, yeah uh, I, I think uh yeah i don't i don't know what i'm going to do quite frankly i mean i might be going back and watching old games etc yeah so
1: yeah for, for for me it's catching up on things i usually don't get to do so for example i've got a um I've got a video i've of- It's a short video, but it's a behind the scenes of the Turner Studios where they they broadcast the UEFA Champions League. And I need to go ahead and edit that and and then push that up onto YouTube So to give people an idea of what it looks like behind the scenes, because I think it's really interesting. Uh, I did an interview a couple of weeks ago that I have recorded with Phil Shane from Be In Sports. This is before coronavirus, but I need to transcribe that and put that together. So a lot of it is for me is catch-up work. Uh, getting a lot more content out there for the uh, listeners and, and the viewers and readers out there just to keep them um, informed and, and educated about what's going on in the world of soccer In Kartik looking ahead to next week uh, wherever you are no matter uh, what league or club you support uh, what should they do enjoy your football